Coming up in this episode of Thankful Spirit Podcast. This goes back to that point of gratitude, realizing that you're seen by people. Gratitude is usually initiated by the giver, not because you asked, it's because they noticed. When we look out for each other, when we notice when they're struggling, you know, you offer a lifeline. That really does a service to the whole movement of spreading kindness and joy. Welcome to the Thankful Spirit Podcast. My name is Daniel, and I'm here to help. The voices of anger, fear, and hate seem to have filled all the media streams we consume, and I'm tired of it. I'm here to give hope and give back with stories of love, empathy, kindness, and gratitude. And I'd like to start with you. This is the place to tell your story. I want you to tell me about the people, places, and experiences that pull you back from the edge, lift you up, or fill your heart with joy and resonate with you in a positive way for the rest of your life. I want to focus on how certain moments in life, big or small, can leave a lasting impression when you give or receive a very special gift of gratitude. Experiencing gratitude with genuine empathy and altruism can be felt powerfully and move people deeply, affect them for a lifetime in a positive way, and inspire them to pay it forward with kindness. This first episode, I'd like to welcome my beautiful wife, Lisa. Welcome to the Thankful Spirit Podcast, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I want to start with a few general questions and then get more specific. What does gratitude mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Gratitude is appreciating, being thankful, putting life in perspective, giving credit where credit's due. I don't know, Daniel. What does gratitude mean to you? To me, it's a feeling of abundance in my heart and my soul. And it's something that feeds other thoughts and actions in a positive way. It's its own gift if you give it or receive it. True. I like giving gifts. That's what this is all about. Can you describe your sensation when the feeling of gratitude washes over you because of what someone else has done, the favorable condition of a moment in time, or an unexpected kind action or word? I feel joy, love for the person who did something good for me. I feel seen when somebody does something for you, especially when there's nothing in it for them other than that feeling of joy at being able to give, I feel loved. I think gratitude is similar to love. It's another part of the same wheel. It is. How often do you stop and reflect on things that bring you to that state of gratitude? Oh, all the time. My life is due to, I believe, the gratitude that I feel for people who have done things for me that have got me where I am. My life wouldn't be what it is without people offering me something. Tell me about a time that someone did something for you that you were so grateful for it changed your life to this day. Well, the most impactful, I think, and what I go back to often was a gift from my grandmother. My grandmother, when I was about 
20 or 21 years old called me up out of the blue and said that for my birthday coming up, she wanted to know if I wanted a piano or a car. Now, it was such an odd phone call. My grandmother never really called. I saw her frequently, so she didn't need to call me. So for her to call me out of the blue, told me that she had been thinking about me a lot and had given her offer a lot of consideration. The offer of the piano was kind of funny because I had never in my life taken even one piano lesson. I was gonna ask you about that. A piano is a weird thing to throw in there. Kind of like, okay, you could take this grand prize or take what's behind door number two. Exactly. And I wonder what she would have said had I chosen the piano. There had to have been a part of her that maybe she realized she needed to offer me options because it was a birthday gift. I know that my mom took piano lessons when she was a kid, but we didn't own a piano for my mom. My grandmother didn't own a piano. So logically, at 20 years old, I accepted the offer of the car, but it was something that made me full of gratitude and appreciation, but at the same time, it, it made me a little bit uncomfortable. My grandmother had 30-some grandchildren at that point. She wasn't a wealthy woman. She was a school teacher. She didn't start teaching until she was in her 40s. My grandfather also worked for a government agency, so he didn't make a lot of money. But she was very frugal, and I knew that she had savings. And so her offer, I'm quite sure, was not made lightly, and she was prepared for it. But it did make me uncomfortable because I knew that in a family that large with that many cousins, not to mention my two brothers, for her to offer me something like this, I was afraid it was going to upset people. And I mentioned that to her, and she told me not to worry about it. She said that she would handle it. She said that my cousins all had fathers with good incomes and they could take care of their kids and get their kids cars as needed and I didn't need to worry about them. So she said she was very serious about the offer. She just said, pick out what you want. No limits, no constraints? No limits, no constraints. I I'm sure part of her realized that I wouldn't take advantage and say, buy me this Porsche, <laughs> buy me this BMW. So I started looking. And of course, it was something that I talked about a lot with my mom, the ramifications of accepting this. But So it was deeply considered, this receiving action by you. You know, if somebody wants to do something for you, I think you worry that it's going to be detrimental to them. Like if somebody offers you a, a monetary gift, maybe they see that you're struggling and they want to give you some money. You have to be a little worried about the giver that maybe this is going to cause them to not be able to cover their bills or they're taking money from their savings that maybe they would need later. So you consider generous gifts before accepting them. I think it's natural. And also it's this cultural thing we have of reciprocity where if you do for me, I feel obligated to do for you. Well, exactly. And you worry what's going to be the long term because even though everybody is is smiling at this point and saying, you know, go ahead and, you know, pick out your car. You wonder, is this going to be something that people are going to resent later? But I knew my grandmother. My grandmother didn't do anything lightly. She was a very solid, very dependable, very, what's the word when a ship just sails on, very sure of its course. She wasn't 
spontaneous. So I knew that she had considered this. She had considered the financial aspect of it and she was prepared. So her offer was not made lightly. I was one who was giving it a lot of thought and worrying about it, but she convinced me. And of course, the 20 year old me, the ability to have a vehicle, to have a car that was mine. True freedom. Right, not one that I had to borrow from my mom or share with my brothers. This was going to be mine. And it was going to give me freedom. It just opens doors. Anybody who's had that first vehicle, you know what that feels like to just grab your keys and just go get in your car. And I mean, how many of us when we were teenagers would just take a drive just to go anywhere? I think that feeling of freedom begets a feeling of confidence because it's like having a little nest egg of money in the bank. You feel safe to maybe take some chances because you've got a backup plan, because you know that you're going to be okay. You don't have to rely on other people for every little thing. You now can do it yourself. Do you think she, by presenting these options, knew what she was giving you and intended that? Oh, absolutely. But it didn't become clear to me until after she bought my car. When she told me to pick out a car, I wanted to be very careful with my choice. I didn't want to get anything extravagant. This was in the late 80s. Hyundai's had become a new car on the market. They were very economical. I think they were just barely above the Yugo, maybe six or $7,000. She paid cash. Wow. I told her that I had picked out the car. So we went together to the dealership. This was back in the day when you couldn't do anything online. You had to go down to do the financing and the contract and all that. We were there at the dealership for hours. And my grandmother, who at the time was probably in her early 60s, I could tell she was exhausted, but my grandmother never complained. She would never get upset. She was there to buy me the car as she'd offered, and she knew that the hours that it took was part of the process, and so she was there. My grandmother wrote a check, and I got in my new car, and I drove it home. I was living with my mother at the time still, and she followed me home. And we both parked the cars out front the house, and we stood on the curb for a moment. It had been getting dark, and I could just tell she was tired and hungry and wanted to go home, but we chatted. And again, I reiterated how over-generous it was and how much I appreciated it, but I was really worried that other people would maybe sort of resent it and create problems. And she, she patted me on the arm and she kind of leaned over. And even though nobody was around, she quietly said, I bought you this car because I want you to get out of here. See, even all this time, that just gets me. So she knew you needed this. In that moment, you know she loved you. And this goes back to that point of gratitude of realizing that you're seen by people. Gratitude is usually initiated by the giver, not because you asked or you went to them and said, buy me this or do this for me. It's because they noticed. Like you said, being seen. And I think until that day, 
I hadn't realized. I hadn't realized how much I had been seen. And I'm sure it was something that she thought about a lot. Maybe she discussed it with my grandfather. It was something on her mind. Of all your family, were you the only one to receive a gift as generous as this? I was. I don't know why she felt that I needed it, but I was the only one. You know, it was interesting. Neither of my brothers ever sort of threw it in my face. They never said, why you and not us, which I appreciated. And she did other things for my brothers, so she was available for them, too, in different ways. My cousins all had fathers in the home with decent salaries. Some of my cousins, though, were in families of five, six, eight siblings, so no matter how much your dad is making, their money's going to be tight. But I don't think she felt the weight of need with my, my cousins as much as she did maybe with my family. Having that car and having that support. And when she said to me, I, I bought you this car so that you can get out of here, I immediately felt this sense of not only the freedom to leave, but the support to leave. And the permission. The permission, the encouragement. My mother was actually sort of the opposite. My mother was not interested in me leaving ever. I think my mother was just very fearful about being alone and was not encouraging at all of me ever going away from her. Not because I think she liked having me around that much, but more because she just didn't want to be alone. And your grandmother was your significant guiding parent in your life, wasn't she? She was my rock, you know, and I think you hear that a lot from people about how that grandparent is such a strong support. I don't think that we have the baggage with our grandparents that we do with our parents. Your grandparents can love you and support you because they're not there for all the fights and arguments and daily stresses that come from parenting and parent-child relationships. She was always there, but I think what I most appreciated about her was her stability. You know, my mother struggled as a single mom, but she also wanted to be everything to everybody. She would overpromise and underdeliver. And it's very disappointing when you're a teenager or an adolescent to have your mother telling you, yes, she's going to do something, and you expect that to happen, and then later it falls through. And so as a kid, I realized quite quickly that my grandmother would never say yes to anything that she couldn't do. She was more accepting of limitations, of limitations of her time, of limitations of even just her will to do something. You know, she worked a full-time job and she wasn't going to say, yes, I'm going to take you somewhere after work, knowing that she would be tired. So she would just say, no, let's try and do it another day. And so with my grandmother, I so appreciated knowing that what she said she did. She was your support mechanism through your childhood, wasn't she? She was. You know, it's interesting. When I was in college, I had a professor. And he made a comment one time about how close his children were with his mother. And he said something about how 
grandchildren get along with their grandparents so well because they have a common enemy. <laughs> and I think that was not to say that my mother and my grandmother were enemies, but they did have their issues. You know, they were not close. My grandmother was not a lovey, huggy, emotional. I don't think my grandmother ever said in words that she loved me, but she showed that in her support, her reactions, her noticing things, remembering things that I would tell her I, that had been going on in my life. She would ask me about them later. So I knew that she paid attention and listened. So those types of things, I think sometimes maybe it's better to have somebody who maybe doesn't say things as much as they do things. She's altruism personified. Yes. Yes. But my mother's problem was I think my mother needed to be loved. As we all do. And I think that she tried to have that by trying to do everything, saying yes to everything, never wanting to say no or I can't to anybody. And it would sometimes lead to disaster. So my grandmother just absolutely did not do that. She had no problem saying no because she knew in the end that that wasn't what was best for her or the family or you know anybody around her. Her doing this for me, telling me basically to leave, to, to start my own life, to sort of get out of the orbit of my home life. I, I truly believe even to this day that she, I'm not gonna say she saved my life, but she gave me a life. She gave me a better life than I would have had had she not done that for me. By giving you choice. Right, and giving me options and support, both spoken and unspoken. She was able to stop worrying about me as much it was truly worth every cent, I think, for me and for her. And I really wish that I had been able to tell her. What would you say this gift gave you? What kind of impact did it have on the rest of your life? It, it gave me the confidence to, you know, move to Mexico. It gave me the confidence to take jobs that were maybe farther out than I normally would have been able to go because of the car and the life-changing gift gave me options. And, and the more options you have, the better your options are. And that's what she gave me. It's amazing when you think about the impact that you have on somebody's life doing something for them. Maybe you think it's a small thing. Maybe you think it's a one-time thing. But you don't truly realize how far-reaching your generosity your assistance, your awareness of other people around you and what they need and what you can do for them, you truly can change somebody's life. It seems like you use this moment in time as a touch point for your life, this moment of gratitude, we'll call it. And you call back to it and pull on it throughout your life. Oh, I do, because I fully recognize what it did for me. And it just reinforced how connected I was to my grandmother and how important I realized that grandparents, aunts and uncles, friends, extended family can be for us. When we look out for each other, when we notice when they're struggling, you know, you offer a lifeline. And truly, sometimes it can be a lifeline. 
as you've shown us today. You know, for me, it was maybe a material lifeline, but for other people who may be suffering depression or feeling alone, reaching out to them, I see you, you know, letting them know that you notice, that you hear in their voice that they're struggling or invite them to lunch. Take some time and do a little something for them. And, you know, you'd be surprised how much that act may truly change their life for the better. For me, gratitude keeps me grounded and humble. I often reflect on things I'm grateful for, and it all starts each day, right when I wake up. I know what it's like to be in a dark place at times. Acknowledging each day as a gift sets the tone of the day for me. To do it better than yesterday. To be here, for you, for family and friends, and for the listeners. Is there anything that you do or would suggest to people to help them find that headspace of gratitude and kindness? Like living in that moment of your story where you felt seen and loved. How would you convey that to someone? You know, that's such a hard thing because people find joy and gratitude and appreciation in different things. And it means different things to different people. You and I, Dan, we live a pretty simple life. We're not extravagant. We're careful. I appreciate having a roof over my head. I appreciate having the bills paid every month. I appreciate being able to sit outside and enjoy a beautiful day and the sound of birds. So everybody needs different things to feel gratitude or joy. So I think sometimes telling people to be grateful or to have gratitude that they're alive or that they're healthy, I think that can be a little manufactured. Right. It's a little bit trite because we don't know what struggles people are having. We don't know what they need to feel gratitude or joy or thankful every day. I think instead of us encouraging other people to feel feelings, whether good or bad, I think all we need to do is... Be kinder to each other in general. Right. Be, be kinder in general, but also we can express our gratitude and our joy when we're around people. We need to manifest that, I think, more often. And instead of complaining about the traffic or arriving at your lunch with friends and saying, oh my God, my husband, you're not going to believe what he did. Instead of putting out the negativity in the world, if you yourself are living life gratefully and thankfully and with joy, I think that's kind of contagious and I think it sets a tone because negativity is so contagious and it's so much easier to bring people down than it is to lift people up. You know, how easy is it when you meet people, complaining brings out more complaints. It feeds on itself. Absolutely, and it's so much easier to spread that ugliness being positive and uplifting and joyful does take more effort, I think. And sometimes you'll be joyful or grateful or you'll express that with people. And often they'll kind of respond and go, oh, it's a beautiful day. No, I'm burning hot. It's very easy for people to push back against expressions of gratitude and thankfulness, especially when it's small things. But I think we have to keep at it. And it's extrinsic versus intrinsic, right? You're forcing somebody to feel or suggesting that they take a look at something when it has to come from 
themselves. Exactly. And it has to come from within. Absolutely. And by leading by example and, and leading a life where you can express that in small moments and say thank you and really mean it to people you meet and strangers and everybody, I think that really does a service to the whole movement of spreading kindness and joy. Absolutely. It takes more effort because we all know that it's easier to complain than to find the bright side. Uh, and it's so important to just reflect and not only for yourself and your own personal appreciation and gratitude, but to put it out there. And put yourself in that mindset. Just occasionally, maybe even a couple of times a day, can really calibrate your whole sense of self and where you are in life. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it definitely is uplifting for you, and I hope can be uplifting for people around you. That brings me to my last question. If you were able to write her a letter or call her up today to thank her for that generous act, what would you write or say to her? Wow, can I send her a copy of this podcast? <laughs> I think she would have been shocked. I mean, I think there's part of her who realized that having a car would help me, and that's probably why she did it. But for her to truly feel appreciated because, you know, people like my grandmother who are not overly effusive in their expressions of love, they don't grab you in a bear hug when they come over. I think sometimes we don't realize how deep feelings run in them. And I know that all, any parent, grandparent, spouse, all they really want for the people who they love is security and safety and a feeling of well-being. And, you know, I don't think that my mother ever really had that, but I did. and. My life changed radically, uh, and I was able to have a much better life than I would have had I followed the life that seemed to be set out for me. Thank you for sharing your story of gratitude today, Lisa. This has been enlightening, and it's an amazing window into who you are and what someone's kind actions can do to change the trajectory of your life. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No, I'm thankful and grateful that I'm married to you. You are a very positive person, and I feel that being married to you has made me a better person because you make me look at the positive to find the good, and that's helpful. I tend to be a little bit more... Pragmatic. Pragmatic, maybe sometimes a little bit more reactive, and you bring me back to center a little bit. I don't know that I'll ever be as positive as you are and optimistic as you are, but maybe in that sense, we have a good balance. Well, today with our stone that we turned over and made smooth, we'll skip it across that water of hate and send some waves of joy out to some other people, hopefully. Oh, I hope so. Thank you for joining me today, Lisa, and every day. You've been listening to the Thankful Spirit Podcast. I enjoyed my conversation with Lisa today. I loved hearing how her grandmother's act of generosity and empathy gave Lisa freedom, a future with more possibilities, and the knowledge she wasn't alone or invisible. That moment she truly felt seen and loved will stay with me always. The takeaway for me today is to try to be more observant. 
to see what ways I can be more mindful in acknowledging those who might be feeling invisible, especially during the holidays. My character and moral compass is always a work in progress. All I ask of myself and you is that we strive to be better to each other tomorrow than we were today. What's next? I'd like to hear from you. What's your story? If you have a memory of gratitude, empathy, kindness, or compassion that shaped your life in a big way, please contact me so I can help share your memory here. Email me the details at daniel at thankfulspirit.com and we'll set up a time to talk via riverside.fm or you can check out the site at thankfulspirit.com. Thankful Spirit Podcast is recorded and produced by Skylight Digital Media. Copyright 2022.